Welcome to this season two episode of the Me Sweet podcast. I'm your host, Donna Peters. I am a career coach for people who want a life, who want to live with what I call a Me Sweet mindset. Just like leaders in the C suite, we need to do three things well in our own personal lives. First, letting our personal core values guide our decisions. Second, keeping our day to day life running smoothly. And third, staying fresh and relevant for the future that we wish to have. Here, our guests balance the aspirational with the practical by sharing tips on what we can start doing differently on Monday to lead our lives with a me sweet mindset. The number one thing I've learned is that people are amazing if you give them a chance to tell their unique stories. So let's get in there. you listeners may have heard the expression that you are the average of the five people that you hang around with. Well, if that has any truth, then today I am definitely raising my game because I am spending time in the Me Suite today with Dr. Kara Nance. Kara is the founder of Well Essence MD. She is a physician and owner of this practice for over 10 years. She is a wellness program expert focusing on obesity. She is a mindfulness teacher. She is a certificate candidate in nonviolent communication. She is an Enneagram teacher. And if that's not enough, and if you're not exhausted enough by that incredible list, she is also a mom of four kids and a single mom. I think we have an awful lot to learn from Kara, who herself is a lifelong learner and a learner teacher. And I want to give a very warm welcome to Dr. Kara Nance. Hi, Donna. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. I've got a blank sheet of paper here to start taking my notes. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to learn a lot. Oh, wow. Well, I've really enjoyed finding your podcast and you had so many great speakers last year and I really feel honored to be invited to be one of them. So thank you so much. That's wonderful. Well, then you know better than most that we start with core values. Can you share your core values with the listeners and how they've shaped decisions in your life? Yeah, absolutely. It was so fun to think about this. You know, there's so many different things that I try to embody and live with. And when I sat down and just allowed these different words to sort of pop into my mind, I was really interested to see that The first three that um, popped up to me all started with the letter F, Mm. and it ended up coming down to family, flexibility, and fortitude. So yeah, um, it it was a fun exercise to just sit and see what rises up. And as I was listening to your speakers that you've had on other episodes, um, I resonated with so much of what they said. And I really think it's interesting that at different phases in our life, we have different things that are rising up, and yet there's this stream that is somewhat continuous through our experiences, and those seem to be the three that popped up for me. Yeah, I love them. And I can only imagine family, fortitude, and flexibility in time of COVID have been on overdrive. Oh, yeah. When I think of family, um, I have my four children. Mm -hmm. They're ages 12, 14, 16, and 20. Okay. So I have junior high, high school, and college going on right now. So my daughter, I actually haven't seen for about seven months. She's been out in Los Angeles. So navigating what it's going to be like for her as a college student and doing online classes and maybe moving into labs this year. Yeah. Um, The boys are doing e-learning right now. And I know that that's a real challenge for a lot of parents. I'm personally feeling really grateful that they're old enough to navigate that on their own right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing for the first time, 
just how important my parents have been along this journey. Because at um, 72 and 73, we've been trying to protect them and, you know, Um, haven't been seeing them in the same way. So the way that they've been such a supportive role for me has been um, really highlighted. And when I think about family, I, as a um, divorced single mom, um, I've definitely realized that there's been a cast of characters that have helped me along the way. Yeah. And I think that for many of us, um, family isn't something that we necessarily define in a traditional way. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe we're not married. Maybe we don't have children. Maybe um, we're not even that connected to our family of origin. But who are those people that actually enable us to get up and do the things that we do every day? I know you've talked about this board of directors and the people we surround ourselves with. And I think that in some ways, it's these key advisors that really become our family. And we know that they're there for us. And there are a lot of ways that we're there for them. So as I think about family, both in terms of those that are blood related to me, Mm -hmm. as well as those that aren't, that have really helped me along the way. I think that it's important for all of us to just say, who is my family and who are those people I turn to? Because none of us are doing this alone. We all live in community and have these people that support us. Yeah. I love your description and real life examples. I have a saying, I have a few sayings that I say over and over and it might drive people crazy, but one of them is that we is almost always a more accurate representation of how something got accomplished versus I, Mm. because it usually takes a surround sound of others to have helped us achieve what we have achieved. And I think that that's what you just described. Yeah. Yeah. And when I think about my uh, partners that have helped me and my Mm -hmm. office manager and my employees and my friends, and there's just such a broad range of people that offer support in so many ways that I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I think that there's, I like the word interdependence mm-hmm. because even the people that I'm helping, I find that even when I think I'm helping them, in some ways that so comes back and really fuels me yeah. that I love this image of us all learning together, helping each other and just really being connected and um, supportive in so many ways. I think your practice is embodying what you just described. I would like for you to talk about it a little bit. So you're a C-suite leader. You're a CEO of a thriving business in the healthcare space. I've heard you describe the business as healthcare Sherpas. I would love for Mm. you to share a little bit about what is your business and you as the leader of that business, what learnings do you have for people in the me-suite? Absolutely. So when I uh, finished my residency in 2003, I originally came out and joined a 10 provider group. Mm -hmm. And while I was in that group, it was a very traditional internal medicine practice. And I felt like the care was somewhat more volume based than Uh um, quality based. And I really would leave my days feeling somewhat exhausted and really wondering had I made an impact and had I made a difference. Mm. So it was in 2011 that I decided to start Wellessence MD. And I didn't know exactly where I'd end up, but Mm -hmm. I knew that I really wanted to keep connecting to this question of what is it that makes us well? At the time, it seemed like the obesity epidemic was something that was really active. And I knew that when people weren't feeding their bodies the right way and they were overweight, Mm -hmm. there was a whole host of diseases and sometimes chronic pain and migraines and anxiety and depression and so many different 
things are impacted by the way we take care of our physical health. Yeah. So that was the first place that I went. And then I realized that we can give people all the advice in the world on how to eat well, how to exercise, how to sleep and say, hey, you should also maybe think about your stress. But how do we actually do that? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we latch on to a diet or some strategy that we can white knuckle through for a while. But if we aren't really connecting with why I'm doing it, we tend to fall back into behaviors that may not be as healthy. Yes. So that's what draw me to into mindfulness, uh-huh. because I really believe and I do a lot of work with Dr. Judson Brewer, who developed some apps that are part of ShareCare. Oh, nice. And we like to use the Eat Right Now and Unwinding Anxiety apps to help people really connect with why am I acting out these habits that I'm acting out? Yeah. And what am I getting from it? And yes, when I'm eating a chocolate chip cookie, I might love the taste of that on my mouth Mm -hmm. in that moment. But once I've gone through that sugar high and the crash, and I realize that over time, my body's not responding to this way of eating as well, I realize that I'm really not getting the nourishment that I'm looking for. So how can I start to use these mindfulness strategies for not coming up with short-term quick fixes, but rather more long-term permanent changes? Yeah. And after discovering mindfulness, I realized that so much of what impacts our stress and leads us to unhealthy behaviors is often having to do with the relationships going on in our lives. So I ended up finding Marshall Rosenberg's work and um, also the work of Esther Perel. And she actually says that the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. Mm. So I became really, really interested in discovering how can I first understand What's going on inside of me in terms of my feelings and needs? Mm -hmm. And then how can I extend that to try to imagine what's going on for somebody else in their world of feelings and needs? And then once I have a better understanding of that, what are some strategies I can use to communicate things that are sometimes hard in ways that are a lot more connecting as opposed to things that are just going to stir up emotions that might already be there? Yeah. So I started shifting into doing more of this relational work and actually even bringing this into the workplace so that people can really focus on how am I communicating with my colleagues. And the Enneagram came after that. And for those of you that aren't familiar, the Enneagram is a tool that helps us to understand what our core motivations are, mm-hmm. sometimes what our core fears are that are driving our behavior. And we can start to realize that our teams are often made up of individuals that have such a wide variety of gifts and some challenges. Mm -hmm. And I find that understand the Enneagram really helps us to understand where I might have to be a little bit more mindful and aware about how I'm going to enter into a situation and sometimes can help me to support somebody else that might be acting out a habit of personality that they might not be aware of. So in our practice, we really try to bring together the traditional internal medicine to make Mm. sure that people are getting screenings and medications and everything they they need from a traditional evidence-based perspective, but also pulling in that self-care, that emotional care, that psycho-spiritual care that really can elevate our experience in the realm that's outside of just our physical health. So I'd say that's what our practice has evolved into. And that word, the Sherpa, I love that because 
We like to imagine ourselves as helping people to navigate what's an incredibly complex healthcare system. Mm -hmm. There are so many different tests and medications and strategies and healers that are out there. And we really try to listen to what people are wanting to reflect back what it sounds like they're doing and then to walk along with them on this journey to wherever it is that they feel is going to be most um, rewarding for them and get them to that highest uh, that highest level of health that we want to help them to achieve. So that's why we sometimes use that language. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's really hitting a lot of buttons with me. Oh, there's so much I want to talk about. Let me take off one at a time. Uh, the first one is the comment that you made about mindfulness. I had spent about the last two and a half, three years on a very deliberate focused journey with a nutritionist and dropped 40 pounds when I was pre-diabetic. And now my blood work is completely normal. So that was fabulous. And pandemic time. Oh my goodness, my sugar triggers. So I've really been struggling yeah. lately with getting back in control, this mindfulness of do I really need a chocolate chip cookie right now for immediate pleasure or this longer term nourishment? So I'm living that example that you just gave right now uh, where the, the pandemic, I guess, basically gave me an excuse to stop doing all those things that I knew were working for me. Well, and I think what you're experiencing is super common. I never mm -hmm. realized how good that would be for that part of my business. But oh, yeah. <laughs> the COVID-19 yeah. has become that little phrase. You know, we, we used to talk about the freshman 15 when we yes. go to college. And now I have all these people coming and saying, hey, I've gained my COVID-19. Yeah. And, um, you know, so often people talk about that excuse when in reality, we're just uncovering the fact that food is a coping strategy for mm -hmm. so many of us. It makes us feel good in the short term, mm -hmm. but it's not actually our answer in the longer term. So mindfulness has been incredibly powerful for helping myself and yeah. so many of the people that I work with to reconnect with what are some of the strategies that I can use during this time that's so challenging for all of us. The other thing you said too, I thought was fascinating for me, sweet listeners. I want to go back to something you said that really struck me and gave me chill bumps. You said when you started your business, Well Essence MD in 2011, that you didn't have the full future figured out. And yeah. it sounded like maybe you were launching something on faith that it, the vision wasn't completely clear. I think most people will find that shocking and amazing. So how did you take the leap of faith? Uh, what is it, Indiana Jones and the Invisible Bridge? You take the first step and then the bridge appears. How yeah. did you do that? that? That sounds like a combination of guts and craziness and intuition. What was that? I think that? it's all of that for sure. So, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've probably heard this phrase, you know, what is the definition of insanity? Mm -hmm. Doing the same thing and expecting that we're going to get a different result. So. Yeah. At the time that I call it sort of a life overhaul, mm -hmm. you know, 2011 was when I started my practice. 2012 was when I became separated. Wow. At the time, I had a four-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 13-year-old. Oh, my so, gosh. So, yeah, I think there was definitely a high dose of crazy that was going on at that yeah. point in time. But at the same time, there were just so many things in my life that weren't working. Mm. And I really did just listen to this voice inside of me that was pulling me towards something that wasn't 100% clear at the time. Mm -hmm. But I tried to stay really present and actually just focus on that next step. So 
I think it's interesting that at the time I was able to just decide that I wanted to take a shot at this. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that it was Michael Jordan who said sometimes the shots that we don't take are the ones that we most regret. So at the time, I think that this was just a shot that I wanted to try to have my own business and really follow the value system that as a healer Mm -hmm. was most resonating with me. So I just decided I wasn't going to pay myself for a while. I took $30,000 out of my savings and got it going and was pretty excited that six months in, we were debt free. We were able to at least, you know, get back our investment. And a year later, I was able to start giving myself a salary again. Wow. And I think that um, one of my other core values is flexibility. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that time, it was all about saying, okay, this is how most people are running their lives. And this really doesn't feel like it's suiting me. And what about the things that I'm doing? Because if you look at my story, I think it's about as traditional as can be. You know, I went to high school. I graduated from high school, went straight to college. I met my ex-husband at 19. Mm. I got married at 23. I had the first baby at 25. Mm -hmm. I went straight to med school. I went straight to residency. I bought my first home. And here I was in my early 30s and Mm -hmm. kind of Checking off all the boxes. Yeah, all the boxes were checked. In order. In order. <laughs> I mean, I executed on that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an Enneagram type three. So, you know, it's not surprising mm-hmm. if um, that's a language, you know, as an achiever. Mm-hmm. I'm a it's three just two, like, yeah. meaning of three also. Yeah. yeah. It's like, check, 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 check. Okay, mm-hmm. now what? And in some ways, one of the things that we realize is that all of this doing sometimes disconnects us from who we really are and what we really want. So while there wasn't a lot of quiet in my life with a four-year-old, a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 13-year-old, I just had this whispering of discontent rising up saying, I can't imagine myself practicing in this way Mm. and being in this place for the next 30, 40, however many years. Mm -hmm. And there's something here that's worth following. And I actually asked my nanny to be my office manager. Okay. She, um, I sent her to practice management school, to billing school. And like, we did everything on the job together. I started her out at $13 an hour. And the two of us just hired a medical assistant fresh out of training for like 10 bucks an hour. And the three of us just hit the ground running and was like, what's the next step? What's the next step? Mm -hmm. And we did surround ourselves with some great advisors from a financial advisor to an attorney to an accountant and, you know, really learned on the job. And we had such a group of passionate people that enabled us to just say, okay, what's next? And I think that if you don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed by where you ultimately want to be, Mm. you can check in on a day-to-day basis and just make sure that you're not getting yourself into trouble. Yeah. And I think that that's an important question to ask. It may not look exactly like you want it to in that moment, but am I balancing my risk in some way such that if it all ends today, mm-hmm. am I still going to be okay? Yeah. So I know that one of the things you talk about a lot is options. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that I felt like everything I was exposing myself and everything I was doing mm-hmm. was giving me exposure and experience and learning. And there was just this faith that even if this didn't work out, I was preparing myself to potentially move into something that was going to enable me to add value in some other way. 
And lo and behold, here I am. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, definitely allowed me to have some interesting experiences and opportunities along the way, like being on this podcast, which is so fun. I love that you brought up options. Options are power. One of my mantras, I joke that when I get a tattoo, that's what it's going to say. And one of the options, one of the things you do to surround yourself with options is is to focus on your health. And that's another reason I was so drawn to talking to you because all the money in the world, all the people surrounding you in the world, all the degrees on a frame diploma on the wall in the world are not going to give you options if you don't have foundational health supporting it. It's such an important piece. I know a lot of corporations and, and companies are getting better at helping us make the right decisions and getting exposure to the right knowledge. But it's it's such an important piece. And that's one reason I was so attracted to the work that you're doing and giving you a chance to share it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in addition to our obvious, our health screenings and our vaccines mm-hmm. and, you know, all the things that we do to um, check those basic boxes. Yeah. There are so many things that I know you ask your listeners, like, what is it that I can wake up and do on Monday that yes. um, is going to make a difference? What is and, it? And, you know, I mean, in the physical health realm, you can just even say, how am I doing on sleep? I mean, mm. there's so many studies out there that are saying like six and a half hours should be our minimum. Okay. And we all have a different requirement of how much we need and just sort of checking in on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how am I doing with nutrition? Um, am I paying attention to the way that I'm fueling my body and what signals is my body giving me either in terms of energy levels, in terms of my weight, in terms of my lab results as to whether this is the right strategy? And how about movement? We know mm-hmm. that muscle health is so important especially with the pandemic. So many of us are now working from home, working from our computers. Even if we used to be in an office at a desk, Mm -hmm. we still might've gotten up to walk to the bathroom or to another person's cubicle or to a conference room. And now here we are at our desks. So are we checking in with, you know, what's my posture? What's my alignment? Oh, you made me Um, think about that. Hold on, I'm not sitting up straight. Go ahead. can check in. You know, I've um, found that there are so many online opportunities to even do 10 minutes of yoga every couple of hours Mm -hmm. to invite my body to stretch in ways that it might not be stretching. I think that strength is so important. How are we challenging our muscles to not just atrophy as Mm -hmm. we sit here at our desks? And then that cardiovascular, do I really have a balance here in terms of just getting that heart rate up a little bit. And Mm. for many of us, I also did telemedicine for the time during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe that seeing patients from my couch, just the effects on my body. And if I had done that for any longer, I think that standing desks are a great option. Sometimes people even have treadmills where they can start walking. So especially for those of us that live in colder climates, I'm here in Chicago, Mm -hmm. I'm challenging everybody to say, You know, we've enjoyed some really great weather. And in some ways, we're lucky this pandemic hit during in North America. What are the warmer weather months? But what are we going to do in the fall? It doesn't look like we're going to feel safe necessarily being in a gym or being in places in the same way. So how are we preparing to take care of that part of our health? Yeah. So and then the other thing is, are we taking some space and time to allow our brains to just turn off and recharge. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we talk about mindfulness and meditation, it can sound a little woo-woo or out there. For sure. And, um, you know, I uh, saw this saying somewhere that I love to adopt that everything works better when you unplug it and allow it to reboot every okay. once in a while. 
Yes. So do we allow it ourselves to unplug, mm-hmm. just inviting ourselves to not necessarily clear our minds of thinking because that's not going to happen. Yeah. But can we be in relationship to what's going on up here in a way that's more restorative? Yes. So that's another part of health that I think is really important to start paying attention to, especially when the news is hijacking our attention and politics are hijacking our attention yes. and COVID stress is hijacking our attention. How can we turn off the mind so that we get that reboot and recognize that everything runs a little bit more smoothly? Yeah, I love it. When I was doing my certification in brain-based coaching, neuroscience of leadership, we called the brain a battery. Mm, Yeah, It's a similar, maybe not a reboot, unplug, but it's a battery that needs recharging. For sure. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I want to share with the listeners, what could they find out about your practice? Because you don't have to be in Chicago to benefit from Well Essence MD, correct? Absolutely. So telemedicine is, you know, absolutely an option. So we do consultations. We can only bill insurance if you're in Illinois. So okay. if you're making a trip to Illinois, even for one time, now it mm-hmm. becomes established. But otherwise, we do have um, cash pay options. Mm-hmm. But we also offer classes on Zoom. So I teach classes on Wednesday evenings from 6 to 7 Central Time, as well as 7 to 8 Central Time, as well as on Thursday evening, 6.30 to 7.30 Central Time. Okay. And I really try to pull together in these classes. There's three different classes, Mm -hmm. and one focuses on mindfulness, one focuses on conscious communication, and Mm -hmm. one focuses on the Enneagram. And I view these as three points on a triangle that have been incredibly helpful for me. And not everybody does all three. I think that sometimes one point calls you more than the others. Mm -hmm. And over time, sometimes people move around the different points and start integrating these things in a way that I found to be incredibly empowering. So if anybody's interested, we're always um, welcome to work with people. We work with people all over the country. Mm-hmm. I will have that in the show notes. I'll get the details in there uh, for people yeah. to be able to find you and maybe take those classes if they aren't in the Chicago area. Thank you. Yeah. And the other thing I'd like people to know is that I really do enjoy working with individuals and couples. Oftentimes, people have their own couples therapist, their own individual therapist, But I like to view myself as sort of a person who can help you with a specific strategy. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling like there's a communication issue or a certain block where you're just not showing up in the way that you'd like with yourself or with each other, Mm -hmm. that's another thing that I really enjoy doing. So I welcome people to reach out if they'd like to talk to me about any individual coaching or support. So, Kara, you are just doing amazing things for yourself and for others. One of the things that listeners know in the Me Suite is if you're operating your life with a Me Suite mindset, you're staying fresh and relevant for the future you want to have. And I think you're such a beautiful example of how you have continued to learn. You're constantly growing and getting new capabilities and new experiences. And I just think you're a wonderful example of that and really appreciate you sharing yourself and your expertise and passions with the Me Suite listeners. Dr. Kara Nance, everyone. Thank you, Donna. It's been fun. Subscribe to the podcast and give us five stars if you like what you're hearing. And learn more about the MeSuite career coaching and professional development at themesuite.com. It's the-me-suite.com. Suite is spelled like executive suite. This is Donna Peters, and I thank you for having me in your ear right now. Find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. The Me Suite, 
a source of power for the life-minded.